You will not detox. You will not get your hormones balanced. You will not unfunk your gut if you don't work on the mental, emotional, spiritual part as the most important part of health. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general education purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness. Because while our guest, Dr. Cause, is a doctor, he's not your doctor until he is. So we always recommend that you see a licensed health professional accordingly. With that said, I want to welcome you. Can I call you Peter to the sure. show? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Can you pronounce your last name for me? Because you go by Dr. Cause, but it's longer than that. Kozlowski. There you go. Okay. Yeah, Are you, is your family Russian? Polish. Polish. You yeah. know, maybe on the Patreon, I can tell you a story about my adopted mother and her Polish roots. And we donated to the Polish Museum last year in Chicago. It was quite an experience, like finding relics in the attic and all this kind of cool stuff. So, wow. Yeah. That said, that's a complete off, off topic. And aside, I want to introduce our listeners to you. It is not a Polish show. Dr. Coz has recently written a book at the Funk Out. This is your second book, right? Correct. And we're going to be talking a lot about basically detoxing from toxin, how toxins live in our body and affect our health. And that's something I talk about all the time. So listeners, I'm excited to give you a doctor's perspective on all of this and want to introduce him as overall, because the reason that you're writing this book is you have experience as a practicing doctor. And so... As a family medicine doctor, you taught the right medicines to feel better. And then as a functional medicine doctor, taught how to be a detective for someone's health, kind of the root of the problem, trying to determine what contributes to someone's illness to help them feel better overall. And I think that's kind of the approach that a lot of our listeners take in terms of trying to be their own advocates and learn about their bodies and get to the root of problems rather than just covering them up, but we're also big fans of actual medicine here because there's a reason that it exists and want to always feel our best. But I love that you try to get to the root of it as well. And so your first book was about unflunking your gut, so to speak, right? How food, gut health, mental health are all intertwined. And then now we're looking at how the other elements that affect our health, toxins, hormones specifically, are also at play and they can certainly all co-mingle together, which I know we're going to talk about. So listeners, if you know me or you know the show, you know I geeked out on all of this. Dr. Cause is a graduate of family medicine residency, has devoted his career to helping uncover the cause of chronic disease through functional medicine. He's trained with leaders in his field, including Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Deepak Chopra, and Dr. Susan Blum. And your best-selling health and diet book, Unfunk Your Gut, was named the winner of the International Book Award. So today we're excited to dive into the sequel, Get the Funk Out. Welcome to the show. Can you tell us more about yourself, Peter? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the awesome intro. I truly appreciate your preparation for talking. And yeah, so I'll start from the beginning, from Poland. <laughs> My parents are immigrants from Poland. I was born in Chicago, first generation, but I grew up speaking Polish before I learned English. My parents were both doctors in Poland and they, lots of, oh, well, my aunts, uncles, grandparents, there are lots of doctors in my family. So I kind of always assumed I would be a doctor. And, and when I was young, I didn't really have it together. And I went to college as a pre-med, switched majors to a business major because business school was closed on Fridays. And my greatest priority at 18 was going out with my friends on Thursday night. And so I got a business degree. And during my senior year, of college, my one of my closest friends was diagnosed with lupus right when we got back from spring break. 
And she passed away a week after we graduated. A very rapid course of lupus, nothing like I've ever seen clinically. But that's what kind of motivated me to want to be a doctor again and to actually get serious and study. So I went back to school, went to med school, went to residency and became a family practice doctor. And I would have laughed, joked, thought it was hilarious if you told me I was going to be a functional medicine doctor. That's not ever was not in the plans. But what happened to me is I had my own health issues and that if you listen to most functional medicine doctors, they usually got into it because they have their own health issues. However, mine were not physical, they were mental. So I'm a recovering alcoholic. I started drinking at a very young age to deal with the insecurities of being an immigrant and being foreign and never really learned how to cope with life without alcohol. And so I went to a treatment that was all about the why right? We never really talked about not drinking. We talked about like my childhood, and what I was feeling and all these things I'd never really thought about. And so I was introduced to this concept of underlying cause. And then we had a doctor who was my attending in residency. And every time somebody was admitted to the hospital, he would have us start a multivitamin and vitamin D. And we used to make fun of him because we were interns doing the scut work. And like, why are we not prescribing meds? Why are we wasting our time with vitamins? And one day I talked to him and he told me he was studying functional medicine. And I went to a conference and within the first hour, I knew that I could never look at medicine the same because it was all taught from an anatomy, physiology, biochemistry level. Everything made sense. And that was in 2011. And I've been practicing on my own since 2014 with everything from infants to elderly with chronic conditions, every ranging from autism to dementia, to lupus, to Hashimoto's, to diabetes, to high blood pressure, eczema, gut issues, basically anything you can kind of imagine with people from every kind of age using functional medicine as a tool to uncover. The main difference basically is that when my patients come to me, I always warn them that I'm not giving you something to feel better tomorrow. It's like, this is going to be a process. We're going to figure out why these symptoms are happening. And when we figure that out and we fix that, either through getting rid of something or adding something, usually the symptoms will improve and the disease can go into remission. So we've been very blessed to have amazing outcomes over the years, but it's all about my patients and them putting in the work. So I think our greatest job as physicians is as educators. So I kind of just give tools for people to heal on their own, really. And so because I believe that our job, our greatest job is as educators, that was kind of the, one of the inspirations for writing books and to put that education to give people more power to put their health into their own hands. Yeah, I love the idea of not just like working with someone, but also maybe someone doesn't have the ability or the access to work with you that reading a book and kind of implementing some of the things can certainly positively affect their health. One of the things that you explained in your new book at the Funk Out, I'm going to quote the book. It says, toxins cause disruption at the cellular level at any point during the hormonal process. From the gland that produces the hormone to the tissue that receives it and many points between. And there are over 800 chemicals that are suspected to be hormone disruptors, and they have been found in blood, urine, and breast milk. They accumulate over time through consistent exposure in tiny amounts, which you talk about an analogy of filling your bucket, which I think will be, um, I always say, filling my cup like emotionally, but I think filling your bucket is kind of the inverse of that in your analogy. And so some of these toxins, as you go on to talk about, range from BPA to phthalates, pesticides like DT and atrazine, which actually I was not familiar with, all kinds of heavy metals. And in your book, you walk through a typical example of what constant exposure someone like a normal day for most people would look like. And what stood out to me immediately as someone who resonated deeply with the day that in your book's example, your wife was going through was immediately the kind of privilege that someone would need to have to filter their water, to have access to organic whole foods, to use clean beauty products, et cetera. Like as we're walking through all of these exposures throughout the day, 
So what I wanted to do was kind of just from the get-go, talk a little bit about how we can implement some of these changes for people. Like, let's say they get your book, they don't have a lot of budget or they have a busy schedule. How can the average person maybe look for some of these root causes in their own life and implement positive change? Yeah, that, that's a great question, a great way to start, because there is a lot of stuff that people can do that is just within your control without really needing a doctor, without needing special testing. I think that the most important thing to start with is all these toxins that, that you listed off and that I list off in the book are fat soluble. And so what that means is when they get into our body, they store in our fat. And so every cell in your body is surrounded by a membrane that has fat in it. So toxins can literally be stored in any and every cell of your entire body. And most people think of the liver as their detox organ, right? And it is. But your primary detox organs are your lungs, your skin, and your gut, because they are barriers. Your lungs try to keep the toxins out when you're breathing them in. Your gut tries to keep them out when you eat or drink them. And your skin tries to keep them out when you touch, when, you know, when you wear clothing that has plastic in it or chemicals in it, or when it rains and the rain's full of plastic. And, you know, so we have these barriers and these barriers were really effective, but the biggest thing I think that's changed over the last 50 years is the amount of chemicals being released into our environment. So what people were exposed to 50 years ago is not the same as we're exposed to now. And we just keep kind of adding more and more. And when one chemical is banned, we replace it with another one. And so once they, you know, this increased onslaught that we're under, these toxins can get in through our lungs, through our gut, through our skin. And the first place that they go, lucky for us, is our liver. And that's lucky for us because that's the organ that takes those toxins and makes them water-soluble. That is all detox is, is a two-stage process, breaking these toxins down and making them water-soluble. Because once they're water-soluble, they will not attach to your cells. What they will do is get flushed out through your stool, through your urine, and through your sweat. And so that explanation leads me to what people can be doing, right? And so instead of going out and buying detox products and detox supports, because there's so much of that being sold now that, that claims that it'll sell, it'll detox you from mold and glyphosate and metals all at once. And, you know, all this stuff that's being marketed, you can better detox, in my opinion, just by drinking half your body weight in ounces in wa of water per day. So if you're 180 pounds, that's 90 ounces of water a day, because then you're going to be flushing the toxins out. You need to be pooping every day. And my colleague, Dr. Terry Wall, says you should poop a snake every day. That's not a lot of people are doing that. So I'm happy if you're at least pooping at least once a day. If you're constipated, you are not detoxing. The toxins are being carried out in the stool. And so if you're not moving your bowels, those toxins could be getting reabsorbed. So before you start jumping into detox support or spending a bunch of money, um, making sure you're moving your bowels every day. And that can be done through diet. That could be done through unfunking your gut, as my first book would call it. And so there's tools in there to kind of get your gut right because you can't really detox properly until your gut's right. So peeing, pooping, and then a third one is sweating. And sweating can be done through one of the main tools that I talk about for detoxing different toxins is called infrared sauna. And so there are relatively affordable infrared saunas on your Amazon or places like that, where the difference between like a traditional sauna and the infrared sauna is the infrared waves kind of help kill off the toxins while also making you sweat. That is a great tool or just exercise. So if you can't afford a sauna, just get outside and move. And it might take time to build up. You might, you know, you might start with just walking 20 minutes a day and eventually maybe turn that into 30 or 40 or turn that into a light jog or something like that. But getting yourself to sweat is huge as well. 
So peeing, pooping, sweating. And then I would say the fourth thing is sleeping. We are under this onslaught all day long from, as you kind of mentioned, I, I write in the intro of the book from the time we go to bed to the time we wake up and then all day long, our detox mechanisms are being worked, overworked, and they sometimes can't keep up because the thing that's happening is those detox mechanisms should be restoring at night when you're sleeping. That's when your immune system builds memory. That is when your liver can restore and get ready for the next day. And so if you're sleeping three, four hours a night, but you're trying to take detox support in the morning, that's a bad strategy, I think. I think it that to me, I would want to dig into the mental, emotional, spiritual health, which I talk about in both of my books as being the core and the most important part to everything. And so really digging into the mental, emotional, spiritual health will most likely help you sleep. Helping you sleep will help you detox. You get up, you poop, you drink a bunch of water, you sweat, and you can really kind of start to, to support your body's ability to detox without spending a lot of money. So that, and then, a, you know, if people want to start taking the next step, I think the best resource out there besides my book is the Environmental Working Group, g.org. A lot of people are familiar with the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 as far as fruits and vegetables that are... Um, the highest in herbicides and pesticides, those are the dirty dozen. The clean 15 are the ones that are the cleanest. That list is updated every year. That list is put out by the Environmental Working Group. It's a nonprofit that you can go on their website and start typing in your deodorant, your mascara, your makeup, your hair products, your food, your cleaning products, your laundry detergent, and it'll give you a toxicity rating of zero to 10 or one to 10. And so you can start researching on there, like, you know, what are some of the more toxic things that I'm using in my day-to-day -day life and what's a cleaner alternative? And so that website is free to do, to do the investigation of what, you know, you need to eliminate. And then there's certain things like, you know, vinegar is useful for a lot of different things, even like spraying your garden for weeds instead of going out and buying Roundup. You can actually save some money just using vinegar. So there's tools like that, that those would be the starting points to me. You know, for something that doesn't have access to testing, doesn't have access to a functional medicine doctor, just focusing on drinking water, pooping, sleeping, sweating, and then starting to use a resource like EWG.org will take you a really long way in detox. I appreciate all of those. I, it's nice to kind of have validation for things that I've been talking about for a long time or, you know, sharing research and all that kind of stuff. One of the things that you mentioned and like throwing this your way, understanding you don't know that it's coming. So it's OK if you say you're not sure. I have heard kind of things about how much water one should drink every day, especially if, for example, you have a higher body weight, because could you potentially be flushing water soluble vitamins, minerals out of your system that are needed with too much water? Is that a possibility? It's a possibility for sure. You're flushing out the water-soluble vitamins every day anyway. Like the when we talk about like vitamins, they can either be fat-soluble or they could be water-soluble. And there's basically four that are fat-soluble and those are vitamin A, D, E, and K. And basically everything else is water-soluble. And so what that means is like you don't need to potentially have as much A, D, E, and K as you would of the other ones every day because you have the ability to store them. I think you can overdo anything. So yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, drink, you know, 10 gallons of water a day because yeah, you can kill yourself. But I think if you stuck with the, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like if somebody really, if they have an elevated body weight, there's probably a certain point where that ratio stops making sense. And so maybe, you know, I would limit it at, Regardless of how high your weight goes, don't go over 100 ounces of water a day. Probably talk to your doctor first before, you know, making an individualized plan for you. So I do think you can overdo it, but I think you can do overdo anything. And so that is a good point. But I wouldn't particularly worry too much. You know, you need to be getting the water-soluble vitamins like bees and biotin and CoQ10, all this stuff every day. And so... 
it's possible. And so if that's a concern, I think that definitely would be a kind of like an individualized answer to go over with your doctor. This podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor, Headspace, and I've got a 30-day free code for you. If you aren't familiar with Headspace, they help improve mental health through guided meditations, uplifting videos, mindfulness practices, breathing, calming exercises, and so much more. Scientifically backed, these tools can help reduce anxiety, boost your mood, and help you sleep better, which we all know improves your overall health and wellness. And honestly, it's not cringy. You know how I feel about awkward meditation, but I've been using it for weeks now and love the customized, personalized approaches to help you. With a wide range of teachers, diverse backgrounds and areas of expertise, you will be able to find a teacher and content to help you, whether you're a first timer or have been practicing for years. And when you only have a few minutes to get in the right headspace, there's a good pun for you. There are programs to do on the go when pressed for time, and they have the largest library of content with over a thousand hours of clinically proven mental health exercises. I personally love to start my day with Headspace. I'd gotten into a habit of picking up my phone first thing in the morning, then jumping into what have I missed? Emails, messages, news. I didn't realize how much I was already feeling behind before the day began. Using Headspace allows me to transition seamlessly because now I pick up my phone and instead I begin with one of the recommended activities and then I feel like I've done something for myself and it's incredible how it's changed my perspective for the day. Headspace has helped me and more than 100 million people worldwide. They can help you too. Listen up, you do not want to miss this. I've arranged something special for a limited time all of you can try Headspace free for 30 days by going to headspace.com slash whole view. You won't find this offer anywhere else. You must use my link, H-E-A-D-S-P-A-C-E dot com slash whole view to unlock all of Headspace free for 30 days. This is not something they normally do. Headspace.com slash whole view. Yeah, I, I enjoy drinking a lot of water and <laughs> sometimes I remember to add minerals back in, you know, like when I'm drinking filtered water, I have like a bottle of minerals that I'll add in. But usually when I do that, I also want to add like a flavor of some kind, like lemon or lime or something to kind of not make it so minerally. And so I wonder like how much is too much of regular water and also I test for my water-soluble vitamins usually once a month, and I find that the more water I drink, the lower it's showing up in terms of vitamins, right? Like, it also tells me how hydrated I am, and it's like, the more hydrated I am, the lower my vitamin C will be, even though I'm taking, you know, I'm consuming the same amount of vitamin C and all that kind of stuff. So that's helpful to kind of consider, too, I think, as people are trying to balance all that, right? Like we want to be hydrated, want to stay healthy, but we also want to make sure that we've got sufficient nutrients. So something interesting about vitamin C is that it's in and out of your body in six hours. And so that I do urine testing for different metabolism and nutrients. And I always say that my screening test for did you do the test properly is that your vitamin C should be because typically on those tests, you want to have not eaten or drank anything for eight hours. And so when I see, and the test that I use mostly is called an organic acids test, and there's different versions of that from different labs. But if I see an elevated vitamin C, it screws up the whole rest of the test. Like it looks like the person's dying. It's so imbalanced. And so some of those tests are very sensitive. But yeah, I mean, what you're saying is totally true. And it just kind of signifies the importance that we really should be getting nutrients with throughout the day. Because if we're not, then yeah, we are going to be depleting ourselves. Super helpful to understand. Okay. So I'm going to move on to kind of a different topic. One of the things that I've recently really been trying to get my teens to do, right? Like you have small children, you're kind of responsible for helping them put on their shoes, take off their shoes when they come in and out of the house. My teens, however, 
have one that has a severe ADHD and he paces in the backyard all day, paces, which is great. However, he does not, he'll either go out there and pace barefoot or he'll wear his shoes and not take them off in the house, right? So I've been trying to get everybody, four teenagers, to take off their shoes and put them in the house. My <laughs> husband is the worst offender. He also has ADHD and he like wants to remember to take off his shoes, but he always forgets. Um, and I think with some of the research that I've recently done, finding, for example, the Cambridge University study that shoes are almost universally contaminated with all kinds of things, infectious microorganisms, including things that, you know, can cause hospital infection like staph. We also see that like 96% of shoes have E. coli on them because at some point somebody stepped in poop. Maybe not even you, but like if you stepped where somebody else stepped that had stepped in poop, right? Like it's all in our shoes. And so when I think about what we're tracking into our house, if we don't take off our shoes, like antibiotic resistant genes or bacteria, radioactive elements that are out there from construction or who knows what kinds of chemicals that we mentioned earlier from disinfectants we might should be trying to avoid in our own home to you know all different kinds of things and especially heavy metals that are in often our soil right not even just like the sidewalk but things that are odorless or colorless we're not going to see we know that we try to keep them off our walls for example in paint we know we try to keep them out of our water pipes but the science shows that there can be a really strong connection to the lead that you might find in and around your home to your yard soil or things that you would be stepping in. And so one of the questions that I have is, hey, I know you're not you're not here to give me parenting advice and my four teenagers because nobody can do that. That's just a survival mechanism. But one of the things that I was thinking about, because in your book, you talk about your dogs. You're a bulldog owner. Funny enough, we both have dogs named Gus. Mine's a Frenchie and yours is <laughs> some English bulldog. But you also have a Frenchie and I also have a Boston. So we both have two dogs. And I know that animals are incredibly great for our overall health and wellness, especially from a mental health perspective. But when it comes to toxins being tracked into our home, do you treat Gus and Green Bean their paws the same way that we would treat human shoes in terms of like removing their shoes and preventing them from, you know, tracking those toxins in our home. Because I'll tell you, I'm a super lazy dog owner. I open the back door. I let them go out and do their thing. My friend's yard. They come in and they're everywhere. They're on our furniture. They're, you know, and then I was thinking about the study and I'm like, oh my gosh, am I just like spreading all this stuff everywhere? Or is that taking it too far? Like, am I getting paranoid at that point? It's a wonderful question. So Green Bean, our Frenchie, he's not even six months yet. And so he wants to be in and out. It's like a game every five minutes. And we have a bunch of deer running in our backyard and he wants to chase them. So it's just like my Frenchie is a little over a year. And it's like, I, we have bells on the door and every time I hear the bells, I'm like, oh my gosh, again, like what is yeah. outside, you know? Every five minutes. So no, I am also like you. I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm a lazy dog owner. I just, I find my limits. And no, it brings up a wonderful point in just the grander scheme of what I try to preach to people when it comes to their health, that at the end of the day, your mental, emotional, spiritual health is so much more important than toxin exposure even. And that probably sounds crazy from somebody coming from someone that just wrote a book about the dangers of toxins. But when I go to environmental medicine conferences, or when I really dig deep into environmental medicine, and environmental medicine is a branch of medicine, focuses on the effects of our environment on our health. And I kind of call it more of a branch of functional medicine because we're not really taught to think about it as traditional doctors. So when I go to one of these conferences, by the time you're done, like you're, I'm scared to walk outside. I'm scared to stay inside. I'm scared to drink water. I'm scared to not drink water, I'm scared to breathe. I'm scared not to breathe. And like, you can make yourself crazy. And I have seen that in patients many times where I, in my first book on funk your gut, I really make fun of the internet in the first chapter. And like, you know, and I go through a story of like 
Googling abdominal pain and all the different things I could convince myself of within a matter of like less than 30 seconds that are wrong with me. And so I see people taking it way too far a lot. And so when it comes to things that I would argue are just more intense, right? Like being super careful that every time Gus or Green Bean goes outside that I wipe their paws when they come back inside. If that doesn't stress me out, then great. That's another way to keep my house clean. But if that's going to make me crazy and I'm going to be chasing the dogs around and I can't catch them and, you know, and I'm getting too stressed out about it, me personally, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to focus on like the joy of being outside and seeing the sun shining and seeing them smiling and playing. And that's for me. And I know that everybody kind of takes a different approach to it, but because we can go down list by list and start freaking out about the t-shirt that I'm wearing or the underwear that I'm wearing and what's in that. And you just can really go overboard. But if it's not for you, like if that's not overboard for you, then great. The more you can do it, the better. Like, I don't know how you keep it together with four teenagers. That's amazing. But four teenagers and two dogs, a puppy Frenchie. I mean, that... (laughs) It sounds crazy over there, but I'm sure in a good, happy way. And so... I don't do it, but I wouldn't, I would understand if somebody wanted to be very strict about, you know, when their dog's going out, if they want to clean their paws or their underbelly to not drag more toxins in. I think the worst one that I've kind of seen or that I worry about is people living on golf courses. Like they, they have to keep the grass so pristine golf courses that they're really spraying a lot of chemicals. So they, there's some studies specific to people like walking on a golf course and then walking inside. So I think if anybody listening lives on a golf course or plays a lot of golf, that's somewhere where I would be really careful. And, but yeah, the metals are definitely in the soil. They're definitely on all over the place. With the bacteria, I mean, there, there's some people that argue that exposure to some bacteria is a good thing, especially for kids growing up. So like even like E. coli, you know, there, there's good E. coli. So there, there's certain species of E. coli that are considered probiotics. And then there's E. coli that cause like traveler's diarrhea and really nasty stuff. Um, there's probiotics that are called soil-based probiotics. And so they're organisms which come from the soil. And one of the more common things I treat with someone's gut health is candida overgrowth, or which is a yeast overgrowth of the gut. And one of the things that I typically use is like a soil-based probiotic to help with candida overgrowth. So you could arguably just go roll around in the soil instead of buying the probiotic. But then again, there's always, you know, then you could look at the probiotic and be like, well, that probably has some toxins in it too. And it probably does. And so you can kind of spin your wheels. And and, and so I choose like also, you know, if somebody has candida, it's causing eczema or depression or brain fog or hormone imbalances, then I'd rather give them a little toxin exposure through like a soil-based probiotic if it helps get rid of the candida. I mean, sometimes you can't do things. Most of the times you can't do things perfectly. This podcast is sponsored by Vegamore. Actually, I feel like I've become a personalized walking infomercial for them because I get compliments about my hair every day and it is 100% possible because of their health promoting products. I've been using, loving, and obsessed with their grow line for years now, and I hadn't been able to have healthy hair growth since I was pregnant with Wesley, which was 13 years ago. Side note, how was my baby almost a teenager? Uh, Since then, between autoimmune and long haulers, my shedding was out of control. I was seeing thinning and huge clumps of hair everywhere. I know I'm not alone. Hair loss happens as a result from aging, from anxiety, lack of sleep, nutrient deficiencies, and even prior hair care products and environmental stressors and toxins like we're talking about with Dr. Cause. The great thing about Vegamore is that they are using the cleanest ingredients with proven results. It is the only one that met my standards. Clinically tested to improve the density up to 52%, reduce shedding by 76%, and 91% of customers say that they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months. Their holistic approach to hair health uses smart botanicals that promote visibly thicker, fuller, longer looking hair without the use of harmful chemicals. 
All of the products are cruelty-free and never contain parabens. And they have something for everyone looking to improve their hair health. I use the Grow Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Foundation Kit, which has the clarifying serum in it, and their dry shampoo. It all smells so good using only fruit oils, no synthetic fragrances. I put all of my favorites for you at vegamore.com slash wholeview, where you'll also get 20% off. And there is no risk when trying because they have a 90-day money-back guarantee. Get the hair you have always wanted with Vegamore. Go to V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash whole view and use code whole view to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash whole view code whole view to save 20% at vegamore.com slash whole view. As you were talking about that, well, first of all, we're just exactly on the same page in terms of like needing to do what's right to balance your overall health. And for me, I love finding sustainable fashion. I prioritize like for me and one of my children, making sure that we don't have PFAS or plastics in our menstrual care, right? Like all that kind of stuff, because that's easy kind of one-time choice for me. And then I don't have to think about it again. However, like I make other choices, like we buy pre-packaged foods from Costco that, you know, are in a plastic tray or whatever that the kids can heat up. And I encourage them to put it on a plate. But like it went into that plastic tray when it was warm. There's PFAS or BPA or whatever being absorbed. And like I have to at some point say, I can't grow my own food and cook every meal from scratch. And like that's what our bodies, in my opinion, are made to do is to help us detox, which I think is kind of where I wanted to go next was to talk about how our bodies, you talked at the beginning about, you know, we have these different areas that our body helps us protect, like protect us from, but also help us detox, right? And so whether it's our liver, whether it's our limp, whether it's sweat, whether, you know, all these different things, but we also have all these glands and hormones that are affected when our toxic load is too great and we're not kind of trading off or perhaps we're not getting enough sleep to offset all these other things that are you know are happening that's been huge for me is you know prioritizing my sleep to help my body have active recovery time and to allow my organs to do their jobs so I was wondering if maybe we can talk a little bit about why some of these simple changes have a big impact. So, you know, what are some of the actual mechanisms in our body that are being affected? And then, like, what are those common sources of toxins that are affecting them? Yeah. So in in this new book, Get the Funk Out, it's half about hormones and half about toxins. And for a lot, to me, it kind of made perfect sense. I think for a lot of people, it's like, how, why are you talking about hormones and toxins in the same book and splitting it up half and half? And that kind of goes to my job as a functional medicine doctor, which is to help people figure out why they're not feeling well. So a lot of times that is a hormonal imbalance. And so there's five main hormone accesses that I focus on in the book, and it's your thyroid your pancreas, which is relative to insulin and blood sugar, your adrenal glands, which are your stress glands, and then reproductive hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone for women, and then testosterone for men. And so there's a chapter on each different hormone. And then the second half of the book goes into, because the question that I get, so people, so someone will come to me and they'll say, I have dry hair or dry skin. My hair is falling out. I'm tired. I can't poop. And my doctor keeps testing my TSH and telling me my thyroid's normal. But when I go online, every symptom that I have says I have a low thyroid, right? And so do I have a low thyroid? And so a major thing that I get into in the different chapters is how to properly test these hormonal imbalances, whether it is your thyroids, adrenals, or reproductive hormones or insulin. But, and so once someone gets that diagnosis with me, like for me, my own story that I share in the book is I got diagnosed with low testosterone 
Estrogen dominance is the most common thing that I diagnose in women. Blood sugar imbalances in my practice are rare, but if I was in a traditional family practice clinic, I'd say probably 90% of my patients would probably have blood sugar imbalances. Thyroid motos is the most common autoimmune disease and thyroid disease pretty much like you either have it or know someone who has it or someone in your family does. So I diagnose these conditions and then my patients are not satisfied and they want to know why, like, why did this happen? And so my argument in this book is a lot of it, I think, is this toxic environment that we're living in. And these toxins are accumulating in the hormone glands. And for example, like if they accumulate in the testes and the testes are responsible for me for making testosterone, they accumulate in there and the cells in my testes get damaged, then they're not going to produce testosterone the correct way, right? Or somebody with a poor functioning thyroid, they, they're not going to make thyroid hormone, right? So then for a lot of people, then we try to first restore their hormones through either diet, nutrition, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, supplements, and then hormone replacement. And so we go down that line, but at the same time, we're also trying to figure out why did this happen in the first place? And so that typically the first place that I like to look is toxins. And so some of the things that I, I think are kind of, you know, talked about pretty socially is like, you know, both men and women are going through puberty at much younger ages. I think one of the scariest toxins for men and women, but kind of more for women is these toxins called xenoestrogens, which are found in things like birth control, chlorine, sunscreens. Xenoestrogens are a particularly nasty type of toxin because when they get into your body, they bind to estrogen receptors and they activate estrogen production or they your body thinks that there's way more estrogen than there actually is and so three out of probably every four women that come to my office I diagnose with estrogen dominance and some of those classic symptoms are just PMS heavy periods regular periods fibroids polycystic ovaries brain fog anxiety a lot of the stuff that, that teenage girls are going to their primary doctors or their pediatricians and getting per put on birth control, which is just synthetically suppressing their hormones. And then they, a lot of women stay on that until they're ready to have kids and then they get off of it. And then they realize like, holy cow, my hormones are still completely screwed up from like when I was 11. And the whole time you're kind of just masking the symptoms. Today's podcast is brought to you by ButcherBox, who are offering one of their best deals yet. If you haven't yet tried them, you can get a 100% grass-fed chuck roast and whole organic chicken free, plus additional $20 off your first box at butcherbox.com slash wholeview and use code wholeview. There are a lot of food delivery service providers, and I've researched them all. None compare to ButcherBox. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, wild-caught seafood, humanely raised, no antibiotics, no added hormones, shipped for free, frozen right to your door in an eco-friendly, 100% recyclable box. They're a certified B Corp focused on quality for you, the animal, and the planet. We have a home-cooked meal nearly every day in our home, and though these days it's harder and harder to all eat together, it can be chaos, but making meals isn't. With ButcherBox, all of our family's customized staples are delivered so that we can rely on some go-tos. The convenience of being able to throw together what we want anytime by simply shopping our freezer and even letting the kids cook their own night once a week has been key. You can choose from a variety of box plan options from curated to customized and change your plan whenever you want for an incredible value, especially this first box. I wish I could get in on this deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners one of their best deals yet, a 100% grass-fed chuck roast and a whole organic chicken free when you join, plus an additional 20% off your first box. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash wholeview and use code wholeview to get 100% grass-fed chuck roast and whole chicken free in your first box plus $20 off. 
This podcast is sponsored by Just Thrive, the very soil-based probiotic you heard Dr. Cause talk about that he recommends to all his clients. I take this probiotic every day, doctor approved. Use code WholeView for 15% off at justthrivehealth.com. I actually also recommend it to all of my skincare clients because your gut health impacts literally everything as you're hearing today, your well-being, your mood, your digestion, because your gut houses up to 80% of your immune system. A healthy gut is truly the gateway to feeling your best. Unfortunately, our bodies are being attacked every single day and wreaking havoc on our gut health. From stress to all the toxins you're hearing about, even just one day of exposure to these things that doesn't agree with us can put our bodies out of whack. Thankfully, with Just Thrive Probiotic, it's easier to give your gut what it needs to thrive, scientifically backed. Just Thrive's breakthrough award-winning probiotic is the only product on the market that's proven to turn your gut into an antioxidant factory. In one trial, supplementing with Just Thrive Probiotic reduced leaky gut and inflammation, meaning you get maximum immune, digestive, and total body health support. Plus, it's vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, histamine-free, and non-GMO. So if you're looking for the best in gut health and immune support, choose the clinically proven, award-winning power of Just Thrive Probiotic. Honestly and sincerely, this is the only probiotic that I can feel making a difference when I take it. To try it, get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code WHOLEVIEW. That includes bundles and subscriptions, so definitely double up on your savings at justthrivehealth.com using code WHOLEVIEW. I appreciate also that you talk about the importance of addressing mental health because one of the other um, topics that I talk about a lot is I'm a foster parent. So one of my teenagers were adopting and, you know, they came into our home a couple of years ago through foster care and learning more about ACE trauma and how Mm. that affects health and wellness, like autoimmune disease activation, all of the you know, health suppressing things that trauma can do, I think get lost a lot of time in the wellness community with kind of this healthism like, oh, well, if you just do enough in terms of if you eat clean enough and if you sleep and if you do these things, then you will feel better. And if you're if you don't feel better, then you're doing it wrong and you're a failure if you need medicine. And I think, you know, that is where I was years ago before we were foster parents. And now realizing how many of us, myself included, have a need for something more, right? And it's like, why punish ourselves with not addressing the things? If you try to, you know, maximize your nutrients by food, if you try to improve your sleep, if you try to do these things and you're hitting a wall and you can't do them, then medicine might be the thing that allows you to then do more of those things. And maybe then you can pull back on medicine. And I just, I find that in seeing the support that the foster kids that I've had in my home have needed from a perspective of, you know, not having not just emotional health, but also you know, lack of nutrients. Like most of these children did not have access to even canned or frozen vegetables, let alone fresh organic, right? Like grew up on cereal and ramen or things that they could make themselves that were affordable. And to then, you know, put this like expectation on them that they're going to come into our home, they're going to eat, you know, our home cooked meals and the variety of vegetables that they've never seen before. And like all of a sudden, everything is going to be better and we're going to take them off of all the antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications that they're on because they've gone through incredible trauma, I think is really missed in a lot of the health professionals that, you know, or at least even just wellness influencers, not even actual doctors, right? Like a lot of people aren't acknowledging how incredibly important that element is to our overall health and wellness because like you said, you know, you went to that conference and you realized everything was connected and it was kind of a light bulb moment for you. And you're like, that's it. I can't look back. I feel the same way about like learning more about the experiences that people have and the effect that it has on their brain and how that is subsequently affecting their physical health. And I think it's 
I think it's a shame that we call things like mental health and mental health doctors versus, you know, medical doctors that address your physical health because your brain is literally running everything. If your brain isn't healthy, how can anything else be healthy? So, yeah, we're on the same page. And unfunk your gut really kind of gets into the science of how the brain affects the gut. But in that book, I also give my definition that a therapist once gave me of trauma. And trauma, he defined trauma as trauma as anything less than nurturing. And most people think of war and violence and things like that as trauma. And I mean, I can share from my own personal story is when I went to treatment, they were talking to me about trauma and I was like, I don't have trauma. Like, yes, my parents are immigrants, but they're still together. They did everything they could to give me whatever they could in life. And I had a great childhood. And so kind of screw you for saying I have trauma. And I had that belief that trauma was like things that I had not experienced. But all that matters is how my body perceived what happened to me, right? So for me, it was feeling like I never fit in. Like, and the, you know, the joke I make is that like at my house, my friends would come over and my parents would be speaking Polish and then we'd be eating pierogi and ponchki and, and I'd go to their houses and they'd be eating deep dish pizza and Italian beefs and burgers and speaking English. And that's like all I ever wanted was that. And so that was a major thing for me. Meanwhile, of my children would die for some good pierogi. Like, <laughs> We're gluten-free, so. So. <laughs> so for me, like, yeah, I just really wanted to fit in and food was a way to fit in. And so it was like a struggle for me to admit that I had trauma when I had this on paper, like from the outside, it looked like a pretty good upbringing, but like we ever also never talked about emotions or feelings. I, yeah, I you, was, were hold, you were holding that resentment or whatever it was inside. Yeah. I was 28 and in treatment and I couldn't give an emotion besides like happy or sad or getting what I want or not getting what I want. And that's not good either. Right. And so it, it's the key to everything. The way I always say, like all this stuff that I do, you know, to the influencers and all those people like are selling these products and these plans and all of this, like detoxing heavy metals is easy. Detoxing mold is easy treating candida, treating SIBO. I mean, I would even argue, I mean, even just like autistic spectrum kids, like you can get them healthier just through diet and things like that. And so I think a lot of what I do is not that difficult, but it's the mental, emotional, spiritual part that blocks everything. And so it makes my job extremely difficult because people will come to me and they're like, okay, like give me the strictest diet I'm going to order. I just had someone that she's like, Okay, so I'm expecting that you're going to prescribe like 20 supplements. And I'm like, I don't prescribe any supplements at the first visit. Like, that's not what this is about. I mean, it's part of the process once we figure out what's going on with you, but it's not like, that's not what this is about. And so my greatest like su success is like when I have a patient that follows up after three months or six months and they're like, hey, like I did reach out to a therapist. Like, wow, I actually do have some stuff to work on. Or, hey, I've been meditating 12 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day, or I've started walking or I started talking to my husband or wife or kids ab about my feelings. Like that to me is success because that's when we stop getting in our own way. And just like a brief science behind it, at least for gut health, because everything kind of starts with gut health, is your body is either running sympathetic or parasympathetic response. Those are your two nervous responses, and both are crucial. But the thing we've seen over the years is people are living in that sympathetic response 24-7. In that response, the analogy that I give is like, if you're hiking in the mountains, you see a grizzly bear, that's when your sympathetic nervous response should be activated. The blood and energy go to your brain and muscles to figure out how to survive. If you do survive and you're sitting by the campfire, that's when your parasympathetic is activated, rest and digest. And the blood is going to your gut to digest food and absorb the nutrients, right? And so both responses are needed, but people are basically living as if they're running from a beer 24-7. We wake up and the first thing we do is check our phone and look at the news and social media and breaking news. And then we're eating breakfast and we're responding to work emails or watching more news. And it's like, 
the gut is like, hey, we need some blood flow to break down this food. Whereas the mind is like, no, we're in survival mode today. Like we don't have time to be wasting on energy, or like wasting on digesting. And so for disease, for many people that come to me, it typically starts as childhood trauma, which could be as simple as like coming home from school and your parents aren't paying attention to you because they're busy. And that sets off a signal of I'm not good enough. And then you can end up with gut symptoms two months later or 20 years later. Or next thing you know, you're diagnosed with lupus when you're 20 or Hashimoto's when you're 30. And it's like, well, when did this start? And it could have started all the way back with just emotional like trauma that you wouldn't even think was trauma that shut down the gut, then shut down the rest of the body. And over time, that could turn into disease, like I said, within a matter of weeks or many years. So I do believe in And at the core of functional medicine, when someone goes into functional medicine training, we use this thing called the IFM matrix. And this matrix has all the different areas of health that we look at, which is what I've written about in my books. But at the core of the matrix is mental, emotional, spiritual health. And the majority of practitioners in my field also don't acknowledge it because they get so excited about all this cool testing we can do for heavy metals and microbiome and all in hormones, but they miss what's at the middle, right? And the nothing else works. You will not detox. You will not get your hormones balanced. You will not unfunk your gut if you don't work on the mental, emotional, spiritual part as the most important part of health. And so, yeah, I'm extremely passionate about it. I'm glad you talk about it. And just one last thing I'll say is like, you know, that most people come to me and they're like, all right, this guy's going to put me on the strictest diet. Like I'm not going to be able to eat anything. Or people have been reading about candida overgrowth for years online. And there's a lot of nutritionists online, influencers, have convinced people that like the only way to treat candida overgrowth of your gut is by a strict diet, an anti-candida diet. Well, candida is a yeast that thrives off of sugar and a suppressed immune response, right? What's the worst thing? What's the number one thing that suppresses your immune response and causes sugar to be released? The hormone called cortisol, which I have a whole chapter about it in the new book, Get the Funk Out. So cortisol causes a suppressed immune response and it causes sugar to be released. That is Candida's favorite environment to overgrow. If I am so stressed out about this anti-Candida diet that like I am like, oh my God, I can only eat one piece of asparagus and one slice of mushroom and a four pieces of rice, like if I'm living like that, like I'm living in that sympathetic nervous response, and that diet is doing way more harm than it is good. So I've had a lot of patients not come back to me because I'm like, let's just forget the diet. Like, like if, I'd rather have you going to McDonald's and Burger King every day, but you're focusing on just like letting go of this and just kind of calming down and focusing on your mental health. I think you will faster get rid of your candida eating at McDonald's than you would with your perfect diet, just because I think it's stressing you out so much. And so a lot of people can't handle that, but I am a big believer that it's true. And I've seen it over and over now for many years. Well, I had a lot of other things that I want to talk to you about, but I'm glad that you brought up cortisol here at the end. And I couldn't agree more with what you've said. I think for years, I and many of our listeners have overly limited our lives, whether it be with diet, with lifestyle, with, you know, feeling like we have to take so many supplements, with berating ourselves for not getting enough sleep and like all the stress that comes with not being perfect. And there, there is no definition of perfect, right? And so all we're doing is like adding more cortisol to the problem, creating more anxiety for ourselves, which is exacerbating whatever symptoms we might have had to begin with, right? And so one of the things that I did last year, the year before, was quit caffeine. Because I told you I test my, my water-soluble vitamins, but it also tests uh, cortisol for me early in the morning. And so I knew that I had elevated cortisol for as long as I've been testing for cortisol. And I knew that it was really bad and affecting my entire immune and, you know, hormone functions. And I was like, what is the point of doing 
all this other stuff. I'm never going to address my cortisol. Like I need to focus on my cortisol. I need to sleep and I need to like have a real breakfast instead of just coffee in the morning. Like these are the things that I'm going to focus on. And so I, I quit caffeine and it, three months later, immediately my cortisol was in the right place because by not just removing caffeine, but by then having a breakfast, then like allowing my body to go through a natural cycle throughout the day, got tired at an appropriate time, you know, later in the evening, actually went to bed instead of fighting it with, you know, more caffeine or sugar or whatever, right? Like I really just that one change allowed me to really like listen to my body and then make the changes that I needed. My cortisol got in the right place. And so I feel really like good and proud about that. But when I was looking through your book, one of the things that you say is a condition for people who probably have elevated toxic burden. And as someone who tries really hard to reduce my toxic burden, one of the symptoms was poor caffeine tolerance. And I was like, oh no. I mean, not that's like a linchpin or anything, but I just kind of wanted to selfishly ask, you know, I'd love, I guess, to hear your ideas on what maybe could be the impetus for that, if not a toxic burden. And if it could be that I have an elevated toxic burden, try to wrap with some of those priorities of biggest impact for removing them. Like we talked at the top of the show about a lot of those, but I think just even prioritizing a couple of things for people to walk away with and feel like, okay, I can do this. Like for me, it was I'm going to have breakfast in the morning instead of coffee. And that allowed all of these other, it was a snowball of goodness, I say, right? It allowed all these other things to go into place. Instead of expecting too much of myself, I was like, I'm going to make this one change and I'm going to see what happens. So I like to try to help people identify just like, you know, one, two, maybe three things that they can walk away with and be like, yes, I can do that. Wake up and do a gratitude list every morning and just write down or or share with your spouse or kids or friend or whatever, three things that you're grateful for, or even five. And it could be as simple as just like having a roof over your head or water to drink in the morning or something like that, just to kind of um, change perspective, you know, instead of, you know, sometimes a lot of bad stuff can be going on or feel really bad. And and just, you can kind of turn around your perspective just from practicing a little gratitude. And so that would be one for me. I think two is just understanding that you don't need to buy your favorite influencers, detox support. Yes, we're in this toxic environment. No, it's not affecting everyone. If you can do testing. So Don't go online and read the symptoms of mold toxicity or heavy metal toxicity or glyphosate and diagnose yourself and then go crazy, assuming that's what you have. I can frequently be very convinced that someone has something and I test and I'm totally wrong and they have something else. So everything that I do as a functional medicine doctor is objective. I hate guessing. So please don't diagnose yourself and guess. Either let it go until you have time until you can see someone who can do the testing and just focus on sleep, drinking water, moving around, pooping, things like that will take you a long way. And I would say, be careful. Don't go to your traditional doctor and tell them that you want to test for heavy metals or mold or glyphosate. They were kind of trained as regular doctors to not believe in toxins, almost basically taught to believe in acute toxicity. And acute toxicity is something like the kids in Flint, Michigan, where they changed their water supply and they got a bunch of lead and they got like neurologic symptoms acutely. So regular doctors will believe in that. But the concept in functional medicine, what we're talking about is that bucket. And it's that concept of total toxic body burden. It's not just glyphosate. It's not just lead. It's not just mercury, but it's the trauma. It's the poor diet. It's sugar. It's cortisol. It's dysbiosis, it's candida, it's SIBO, it's all of those things combined. And we're all born with a different size bucket or we fill that bucket differently. And so when that bucket overflows is usually when disease starts. And so I really like to grab people before that happens and do the testing when you're still feeling good, because I'd say one of the worst thing about toxins is you don't get symptoms. So it's not like you eat tuna that's full of mercury and you get a headache or your skin breaks out or you drink a cup of water with lead in it and you get 
GI discomfort, like this stuff builds and builds. And then all of a sudden one day presents as disease. And so that's where I really just would rely on testing. And if you can't focus on, you know, just peeing, pooping, sweating, and sleeping in the meantime. Okay. But I'm not going to die because I quit caffeine, right? No. <laughs> but I like caffeine and there's actually large scale studies on, on like, I think it's hundreds of thousands of people and they show that caffeine drinkers die less of chronic disease than non-caffeine drinkers. I don't think there's any reason for that besides like the researchers, I think, liked coffee and wanted to support people drinking coffee. <laughs> it's kind of like those wine studies, right? Yeah. You can choose which side of the yeah. information you want to look at. So, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Dr. Paz, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you and agree wholeheartedly with so much of what you do and um, are talking about. And listeners, if you want to find out more, you can go to doc-cause.com. Of course, we'll put links in the show notes for you. You can also find Dr. Cause on Facebook and at doc underscore cause on Instagram. I think the easiest way is also just to Google Doc Cause, and I'm sure you'll come up. And also you can find his book at The Funk Out. We'll put a link in the show notes for Amazon. But do you know if it's available anywhere else if people could find yeah. it locally? Yeah, you can get it locally. Your local bookstore is not going to have it in stock, but if you want to support local business, they can probably have it within two days. You can get it on Barnes and Noble. The biggest mistake someone could make in trying to find it is that funk is spelled with a C, not a K. So get the funk out with a C or unfunk your gut with a C. And that comes from a saying that we used to say, we put the funk in functional medicine at my practice. We used to have t-shirts that said that. So it's funk with a C, but yeah, you can get the books anywhere. You just might have to wait a day or two. Love, love a good pun. And you can join us over at Patreon. I want to share my Chicago Polish story with you. And also I have a question that listeners have asked me that I have an opinion on. Sure. about lead in chocolate. So listeners, if you mm. have ha if you saw that article at Consumer Reports and have a question, I'm going to open that can of worms over at patreon.com slash the whole view, which is the best place to ask questions as well. If you love the show that we create and produce ourselves, the Patreon is a great way to support the show, but so is leaving a review. Just hit the follow or subscribe button in whatever app you're using, and that will both help others enable to find us as well. And of course, we actually put, I pulled together a long list of resources into the show notes for you at Real Everything. What we talked about today is real science, I assure you. So I've got articles from things that you can find on your shoes to, you know, heavy metals in our bodies, all that kind of stuff. And Dr. Cause also has a lot of those studies and references in his book as well. So if you're looking for either of those, you can find them in the show notes. I want to thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate your willingness to be open to growth through your own personal change. No one is perfect, but in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can become better versions of ourselves. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Paz. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you very much. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.